You are getting 100% Jody on women taking the lead. Six, it is the voice of body perfectionism. And we all know what that sounds like. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. Over the summer, when I shared my mom's cancer diagnosis, I asked this community to help support me in doing the Women Taking the Lead podcast by giving me some ideas for future episodes. I knew I wouldn't have a lot of creative energy, so your suggestions would take a couple of things off my plate. I have to thank Geraldine Carter of the She Thinks Big podcast, who sent me voice recordings that she created while she was out for a walk with ideas for future episodes. One idea was to talk about Tara Moore's book, Playing Big. We talk a lot on this podcast about playing small, so this is not the first time I heard of Tara's book or had gotten the suggestion to read it and possibly review it. This time, however... I was ready and I was an open recipient for the suggestion. Geraldine, thank you so much for the support you have been to me. I am taking you up on this idea. Let me dive into some of the underlying premises of Tara Moore's book, Playing Big. Women are playing small and they don't like it. Women work really, really hard to deliver value and then undervalue their own work. (laughs) This leaves them behind men who are not as critical of their own performance. In a survey Tara Moore put forth to her community to ascertain what type of content and programming she should create for them, she created a long list of multiple choice options. The largest number of survey responses from women deemed their most significant problem I'm playing small, according to Tara. Playing small ranked higher than work-life balance, stress, and relationship issues. It is my opinion, Jody Flynn's opinion, through my own experience, and I put it forth confidently that most of you who are listening to this know you are playing small, and it makes you unhappy when you think about it. I'm going to do a few episodes on the concepts in the book, Playing Small, because I want to make you aware of what is going on for you and some steps you can take to stop playing small in your own life. Even though I'm going to review this book, I recommend you buy it as well because, one, Tara Moore is amazing and you'll want to experience her more fully and you'll get more detail from the book. I don't know exactly what concept will create the aha moment you need to get out of the spiral of wishing you were playing bigger, but not. The concept I'm covering in this episode is only chapter one of this book. So much like a book turned into a movie, there's a lot that didn't get included. So the concept I'm covering is the inner critic. Did you cringe or get really excited? If you had a response to my saying, the inner critic, your response will give you some information on how ready you are to tackle this one. If you cringed, take a deep breath. You're safe and no one is going to ask you to do anything scary. 
yet. (laughs) The inner critic is the internal chatter that tells you that you are not ready, not an expert, not good enough, that you are too much, etc. It is a vicious critic that wants us to play small to keep us safe. That's its job. Its best strategy to do its job is to create self-doubt and it works if we choose to believe it. The inner critic will always exist, much like your ability to sweat to help you regulate your temperature will always exist. Rather than wishing it away, the goal is to learn how to manage the inner critic, and it can be managed. You can get to a place where you hear the voice and you don't take direction from it. So here are 11 qualities of the inner critic according to Tara Moore. One, it is harsh, rude, and mean. You know it's your inner critic if the voice is disparaging. Sometimes people say, like, I don't know if the guidance I'm getting is my inner critic or uh, my inner coach or my inner guidance system, right? It's kind of like in the cartoons where you see the devil and the angel. I don't know which is which. If it's being mean to you and making you feel uncomfortable and having self-doubt, it's your inner critic because your your true inner voice makes you feel stuck. Com- not comfortable, but <laughs> but it makes you feel that everything's going to be okay, that you are loved, that you are good, you know? So if you're getting feelings, negative feelings from hearing the voice, pro- it's likely your inner critic. Number two, the inner critic is binary. It is a black and white thinker. You are either awesome or you are nothing. Three, it will mimic the voice of reason. It will posture a logical argument for why you shouldn't play big. But if you look at that argument closely, the like air quotes, logical argument is not logical at all. Four, it is the voice of you are not ready yet. Not now, not this time, wait. Number five, It will tell you that you are not good at things, typically things that are associated with masculinity, like math and technology and some forms of leadership. Six, it is the voice of body perfectionism, and we all know what that sounds like. (laughs) Seven, it is constant and automatic, like a video that starts to play when you hit a web page. Eight, it is like a broken record, repeating the same messages over and over and over again. Nine, it is irrational, but persistent. 10, it utilizes the one-two punch. It will tell you that others are better than you, then it will tell you to get a grip. Thus, it attacks you with critical thoughts and then shames you for having them. 11, The inner critic may take inspiration from critical people or forces in your life. You know, sometimes people will say, it's like, I can hear my mother, you know, telling me I'm lazy or not good enough or my former boss or my ex-boyfriend or something like that. So the inner critic will sometimes take on the voice and the expressions from the people in our life who've been the most critical. Alternatively, realistic thinking 
will recognize possible limitations, but is forward-thinking. It searches for solutions and possibilities to overcome the obstacles it perceives. Now, we often think of realistic thinking as pessimistic or even cynical, but that is not true. Realistic thinking takes in facts without getting emotional. It is grounded, not defensive. When I think of people who are pessimistic or even cynical, I see them as people who have walls up, right? Something happened in the past that made them that way, that made them not believe in people or to always be looking for the other shoe to drop, right? It's from past experience. So it's a defense mechanism, As such, realistic thinking is not defensive. It is inquisitive and curious, like a research scientist looking for angles and new perspectives. It seeks to see a problem holistically rather than with tunnel vision. Your inner critic initially has tunnel vision, focusing on the immediate problem trying to slow you down or stop you until you flip its switch. And you can flip its switch. Now, you've probably asked yourself, why do we have an inner critic? If it's so bad, why does it exist? From an evolutionary perspective, the inner critic developed to, and I'm quoting Tara Moore, protect us from rejection from the tribe. It's a safety mechanism, but we are not at the same risk we were in 10,000 years ago. However, we are still sensitive to rejection. We're still wired for it. Real or perceived vulnerability, exposure, will trigger the inner critic to get louder and more vicious. The risk of embarrassment, rejection, failure, or pain will bring the inner critic to life. And according to Tara, for women, the risk is even higher because our playing big is not necessarily welcome in our culture. We've witnessed women playing big who have been torn apart for daring to play on a larger stage. However, the inner critic can be a signal of great things about to happen. The louder the inner critic speaks, the closer you are to a breakthrough. About a month or so after Geraldine Carter had suggested this book as a prompt for an episode, she asked me if I would interview her for her podcast so her audience could get to know her better. During that interview, I asked her to describe the experience one has when they are thinking big and playing big, and what she described was not a warm, cozy feeling. When you are really living life to the fullest, that place will bring you the most fulfillment and satisfaction. You will be more likely to describe yourself as being off balance, uncertain of the outcome, but also going with the stream rather than trying to fight it. This is why expressions like success lies outside of your comfort zone are so popular and why it's a good idea to celebrate when their inner critic starts to yammer at you. Congratulations, you are living. But that doesn't mean you sit still and take the inner critic's abuse. Now, alternatively, do you really want to quiet the inner critic? Some of you don't want to quiet the inner critic. 
Tara describes a common statement she hears from her clients, and I hear this from my clients as well, those clients who ride themselves to work harder and beat themselves up for making mistakes. They make comments that sound something like, this whipping motivates me to work harder. Without it, I'll become a slacker. How many of you beat yourself up over past mistakes in order to try to never make the same mistake again? Like you're so afraid of repeating a mistake every time you think about it, you castigate yourself all over again. This is what Tara is talking about. According to Tara, yes, it can motivate, but there are serious costs to being motivated this way. The costs are to your quality of life because it steals your joy. How can you feel good when you're beating yourself up? It has costs to your professional life. You will work hard, but doing the wrong work. You're more likely to micromanage and get lost in unnecessary details. It will not be the creative, innovative work of a game changer because that work requires non-judgment and freedom to be different. Free... In order to do creative, innovative work, you have to risk making mistakes and be okay with it, right? Can you see how the two cannot exist at the same time? Then there are playing bigger costs. Can your inner, and according to Tara, I'm quoting her, can your inner critic help you live out your version of playing bigger, more boldly, quicker, and with greater enjoyment? No, (laughs) it can't. And health costs. The stress hormones that are released during an inner critic episode are correlated with a multitude of diseases and conditions. This strategy will destroy your self-image and how can you continue to achieve bigger things if you are consistently tearing down your confidence and belief in yourself? I said earlier that you can flip the switch on the inner critic and take control. This is how you do it. You must acknowledge the voice is a mechanism of your brain, but it is not you. It is important to start identifying when the voice you are hearing is your inner critic. Label it or say to yourself, that's my inner critic talking. This helps you to separate who you really are at your core from your inner critic. Go one step further and say things like, my inner critic had a field day when I thought about doing my presentation, or my inner critic is having a meltdown. Rather than, I am having a meltdown, my inner critic is having a meltdown. Do you have an image or a character created for your inner critic? If not, this could be a great way of continuing to separate the inner critic from your own identity. It also brings the absurd into play, and it's hard to be intimidated by things we find absurd. It reminds me of the scene in Harry Potter when they were describing or learning um, the ridiculous curse. And what ha- would happen is when, some, you know, when your biggest fear was coming at you, if you casted the spell ridiculous, it would turn into something absurd and go away. It was so awesome. Like, that's what we're talking about. If you're afraid of something, intimidated by something, bring the absurd into play. Also, remind yourself that there is a reason the inner critic exists. Its job is to keep you safe, but it does not realize how capable and talented you are. Remind your inner critic of who you really are, thus reminding yourself. The inner critic also needs a job. You can't keep it idle. 
or it will just crop back up again. If your inner critic is trying to get you to back away from playing big, let it know you are moving forward, but you need its help. For me, it looks like this. So first step, I'm doing a Women Taking the Lead live event in December. Immediately, my inner critic starts ranting at me about how I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to lose money, I'm going to fail again, I'm going to embarrass myself, and once and for all, will I just go back to a full-time job so I can start earning a steady paycheck again? Step number two, (laughs) I recognize that my inner critic is freaking out because it is afraid for me. If this live event goes south, it doesn't want me to feel like a failure or ashamed of my inability to fill a workshop. The inner critic is like a parent that is worried for you, but doesn't have the self-awareness or social skills to support you in a way that would encourage you or help you to be successful. It has castigation as its most effective tool, and it goes for it first. The third step, my job is to remind it that it has other tools that would be more helpful to me. I do this by having an internal conversation with my inner critic. I tell it, I'm doing this. We are going forward with this live event. Then, step four, I call upon its powers to problem solve. I ask my inner critic, what do I need to know or do to make this event a success? For my clients, I call this giving your inner critic a different role. Rather than being the harsh critic, it is now in the role of the problem solver. This is actually a real life example. And you know what happened? When I went through these four steps, all of a sudden, I thought of people I should talk to. It started with two people, and one of those two people recommended two other people to talk to. Out of the four conversations, I I had all the logistics planned out and confirmed, as well as a documented marketing plan that is already being executed. Essentially, what I did was I took all that frenetic energy of worry and self-doubt and I shifted it to problem solving when I committed to moving forward and asked the question, what do I need to know or do to make this a success? Both have to be in place. You have to be committed to moving forward. Otherwise, the inner critic will know you're just playing games, right? You have to commit to move forward and then ask it, What do I need to know or do to make this a success? If it's a situation where you are second guessing an interaction you had, and I do this frequently, you can ask, what can I do to resolve this conflict while honoring my relationship with this person and with myself? What often comes to me is a way to approach the other person graciously and from a place of service. And before I know it, we are better than we were before the conflict. Tara Moore gives some other suggestions for how to diffuse the inner critic, so be sure to read the book to get her list of do's and don'ts when it comes to interacting with your inner critic and how to get better at identifying when your inner critic is at play. Now, it's time to start thinking about your 2019 goals. If you want to start the new year with a bang, you're going to want to set your goals for the next year before the new year starts. December is the perfect time to plan 
prepare, and get excited about the year to come. And I mean that. I don't see goals as a burden or another to-do. I see goal setting as the process that gives me more clarity and structure around what is going to bring me to life. That's why I call my goal setting process creating goals that are worthy of you. It is a very personalized system because the goals that will bring me to life are not the goals that will bring you to life. This process will help you to create and achieve goals that are perfect for you. Goal setting is the support system to playing big. It is because of my ability to set these personalized goals that I've been able to run a marathon, start a business, launch a podcast, write a book, become a national speaker and workshop facilitator, as well as this year, do 1,000 burpees in one workout, increase the profits in my business, and do a live event. Yes, this live event I'm now introducing to you in December is one of my 2018 goals, and it is happening. And this is the perfect time of year to talk about setting and achieving goals in 2019. It's time to toss out the old arbitrary formula for setting goals and create goals that not only represent who you are and the life you want to live, they will guide you to let go of who you are not and old patterns that do not work for you as you journey toward your goal. In this workshop, you and I will explore what has worked and not worked for you in the past. We'll create goals that are what you want for yourself, not what others want for you. We'll learn how to leverage your superpowers in the attainment of your goal. We'll create a way to track your progress to help you sustain momentum. And we'll identify who you need to be to achieve your goals. This piece is missing from most goal-setting systems, and yet it is so crucial to your success. This process will reveal your highest self. If you are done with either pursuing vanilla goals, suffering through the struggle of goals that are not aligned with your strengths, or dealing with the heartbreak of an unattained goal, this workshop is for you. And it is happening on Tuesday, December 4th of 2018 in Portland, Maine. It is going to run from 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. and the doors are going to open at 8.30 so you can come in and get yourself settled and set up and all registered and say hello. And it's going to be at the co-workers co-working space in Portland and parking at the Temple Street Garage is included in the price of the workshop. So you don't have to worry about finding a parking spot and how much is parking going to cost on top of everything else that you're paying for. And the price of the workshop is $175. However, the early bird rate that is running until November 23rd is $125. Now, I'm going to say this. There is an early bird rate that's running till November 23rd. However, the co-worker space can only hold 32 participants and some tickets have already been sold. So don't wait for the last minute to register. Get signed up now. Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash goals 2019. It's G-O-A-L-S 2019 and reserve your seat so you have it. I am so looking forward to seeing you in person and giving you a hug. As always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.
Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.